welcome back to going along on first. Owen, Seth, happy new year. It's the new year. It's 2024. You have any, any resolutions? Uh, yeah. Get to tomorrow. Excellent. No, Excellent. I, you know, the re resolution thing, I don't really, I have goals in my life already that I'm trying to hit at. So I'll call those my resolutions. I don't have something this year that I want to necessarily hit before the end of the year is done. Because we all know about New Year's resolutions. They all fade away in the next next couple of weeks. They'll all be dead anyways. How terrible of you to say. I know. I'm 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 humbugging the New Year's res. How about you? You got any? Uh, you know, as if I didn't have enough already, I'm to Calling more dedication to the going long on first podcast. Ooh, now that is something I get about. I can get. I was I was only three minutes late. You know, twenty three minutes late, but three minutes late to when I told you I was coming on today. So that's a massive improvement. That is, you know, I'm keep up. You know, people people don't know what happens pre pod. It's they, a they, it's quite the journey. Better that they don't. Yeah. Correct. You know, that's <laughs> behind the scenes stuff. Exactly why it's there. Exactly why it's there. Is uh as a wedding on the uh, 2024 agenda or no? I will attend a few, certainly. Um but uh, I think that's as far as that trend goes. Why? What are you trying to reference? Um, I just I I know, you know, Certain couple uh, took a trip to Hawaii right before it got destroyed. Thanks, Owen. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, did the whole ring thing. So, Well, we're waiting to for a point that we can go back and potentially ponder a destination stop. Mm. Okay. Mm, we'll see. Okay, we'll see. All right. Everything so not in the 2024 cards, most likely. No, God, I'm in no rush. I'm not. <laughs> 30 years old yet like you are almost it's coming up though maybe that'll be a good year to do it we'll see but next year <laughs> year after we'll somewhere around there we'll see all right leave me alone i just i'm just here to talk football not my all own right yeah yeah all right nfl football. week 17 on. week yeah. 17 and we only have one week left next week that's it but, man, this was a thriller of a weekend. A lot of playoff implications. Obviously, a lot of teams fighting for their playoff lives. Sunday night, Green Bay, Minnesota was a good one, obviously. Saturday night had a lot of implications on playoffs between Detroit and Dallas. We'll get into that one. and Obviously, everybody knows about the referee stuff at this point and the calls and everything. Uh you know, Philly, uh, Arizona as well. Philly losing. We don't have the pod father on yet. We'll see if he makes an appearance later. We know how he feels about attending a Tuesday pod after an Eagles loss. Hard for him to Never uh, happen. admit defeat. Uh, but Pittsburgh, <laughs> Seattle, I mean, a lot of wild card action. But, you know, when you have so many teams jumbled up at 9-7, and seven, you know, 8-8, eight and 7-9, eight, and nine, and those teams are still fighting for it. It's it's every week is going to have huge playoff implications and and week seventeen was no different. But Owen, we got to start on the week seventeen finale. Might have been the best game of the week for for a lot of people. It was 
Yeah. Well, a lot of people yeah, I know it was. Did you know anybody that attended? I know a few. And I know a okay. few that were happy. And I know a few people that cried. Um, and the rest yeah, of us just I, watched from afar. I, uh, I looked at the tickets for this game and I couldn't quite do it. Sunday night, it's New always, Year's Eve, these two know, teams. I, I feel like U.S. Bank Stadium hosting a divisional opponent is more expensive than any Lambeau tickets. Is it not? Uh, Probably. Probably. Huh. Well, yeah. either I, way, I mean, Seth, I well, I guess I don't. I don't really know. I've never, I've never paid that much to go to Lambeau. I'll say what they were. That, that. That's what I will say. And I attended one four years ago, right? And this was another Sunday night matchup, a couple days before Christmas. Uh, Green Bay at Minnesota. The only time I ever got to see Rogers live in the flesh, and. What a game that was. Uh, I believe Aaron Jones fumbled immediately and then proceeded to rush for 140 yards, two touchdowns after that. Um, so it was magic. It's a magical place to watch the Vikings lose. I will say that. Uh, absolutely. Yes, 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 it is. Uh, yeah, let's get into it. Packers, Vikings, a huge, obviously, divisional matchup. Both of these teams needed a win to pretty much keep their playoff hopes alive. Jordan Love and the Packers come in and pretty much thoroughly dominate this game. It was 33 to 10 and really never any doubt in the minds of Packers fans or the Packers faithful. No, were you, were you pretty comfortable for the entire night on? I would say the biggest naysayers of a Joe Barry defense out there uh, probably were a little concerned until the second half kicked off. But um, yeah, I felt pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. It was always what they were within a touchdown, and that was the closest. Everything was downhill from there after that one, that first field goal. Um, this was magic to watch, Seth. Uh, absolute control of the line of scrimmage, both sides by the Green Bay football Packers. Jordan Love, maybe his best game to date. At least on on tape, it looked like there yeah. was no. There was maybe one, so he did. He obviously wasn't perfect, but uh, incompletions are going to happen. There was maybe one on the fourth down to Bo Melton that it looked like he probably should have had that one. Everything else, made it easier for him. And speaking of those two guys, those were like the top players of the night. Bo Melton coming out of nowhere, right, Reagan? I agree. Coming out of nowhere in hot. Just. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, this was an absolute joy to watch. It was. Yeah. I, this game, I mean, Jordan Love's had some big games this year. I think against this defense, which has vastly improved this year, I think this was the game that solidified it for me that Jordan Love is the guy that he's the guy that couldn't. Take this. He can be the next, you know, the great uh, Green Bay quarterbacks, the third one down the line. I, I think this game did it for me. Like that strike to uh, Jaden Reed down the middle of the field, that, you know, beautiful. The the throw over across the body, across the field to Bo Melton later on. I mean, he made some throws. Baby away shot. Boom. Yeah. yeah. It, it, he made some throws Sunday night, and I was like, yeah, he could do it. He can be it. And, like I said, against that Minnesota defense that has terrorized a lot of quarterbacks this year, 
he, 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 like, he knew what was happening before it happened. It was very, I'm going to say it, it was very Aaron Rodgers-esque. Like, the control he had of the offense, calm, collected. Uh, Jeremy loved that. I knew it. I knew it. It was, yeah, I mean, that was, this was the game, I think. This was the game. A game that even allowed uh, Colin Cowherd to backpedal on his takes, who is notoriously, Jeez. he's so bad at just realizing he has a bad take in, in flipping. He, he flipped. He's like, you know what? Jordan loves the guy. I was wrong. He said it. I couldn't even believe my eyes said. And here we are. I've known it, okay? I felt it coming, and then the Lions and Chiefs games, that was enough for me. Um, Giants game was iffy. Bucks game was okay. Carolina, he's back. Minnesota, he absolutely iced him out. And this turned into week one against the Bears, right? It, Got yeah. one more game. Put us in a win-and-in scenario. Thank you. Uh, Jaron Hall, but yeah, that the rest of that Vikings team, man, that was uh, that was a rough sight. I mean, they had some something going too, like Nick Mullins, at least gunslinger he, mentality, right? You you're always in a game; it might end up he throws four interceptions, but you can always find a game to ball. He at least gave the offense something and, and you're down almost three touchdowns going into the second half. Why not come out there and just throw it, wing it? What, what do you got to lose? You know, I mean, yes. this is it for them. This was it for both teams. If you don't win, you're pretty much out of the playoffs. Now the Vikings can still theoretically get in, but they need a lot of help to a do it. They need like four or five teams to lose. And then obviously they win who they play Detroit. I don't know if Detroit is really playing for anything at this point. If they're locked into that third seed, uh, but yeah, I mean an another thing too. Back to back weeks, Aaron Jones over a hundred yards rushing for the first time this year goes back to back on it, and you know we've been talking about it all year, and so is everybody else. You know the the playmaker that Aaron Jones is and stuff, but you can just see, you can clearly see the the dynamic of him in this offense. You know, against Carolina, obviously they put up 33. This week they put up that as well, pretty much. I mean, it was when he's in the offense and he is normal, regular, healthy Aaron Jones, and it's it's night and day difference. Night and day difference. Yes, I agree. Uh, it looks like he had about 21 touches this game. Uh, I can't remember the magic number where you hit this many carries, you lose one game in the past 30. But uh, here we go. And Jeremy's back. Hey, Jeremy. Justin back. What do you think? So I'll open with saying um, Yeah. What's that? Um, <laughs> the Vikings, um, as much as it looked like they had something going, Seth, you have a positive take on the Vikings because you guys kicked their ass. They weren't doing anything. It's always it's a good week when that happens. Always um, a good week. They're a lost team without Kirk Cousins, which is a terrible place to be in. Um, I don't know. I, I Thank you, Reagan. I didn't see anything to hang your hat on. Who they thought was going to be the replacement for Delvin Cook, who was recently cut today. In the backfield, just perpetually doesn't do anything. Um 
Jefferson, I mean, caught half the attempts to him. Jefferson is still one of the best receivers in the league, so I'm not going to poo poo him too much. But, you know, Nick Mullins is a guy that can march all over the field, but can't, can't score for his own team. Just gives it to the other team. And then that Vikings defense, I know you're giving them a lot more credit than they deserve, but uh, they don't deserve the credit. So. Um, well, they've been putting the up the numbers this year. The, that defense sure. has vastly improved yeah. than what it was last year. Brian Flores. Oh, yeah. When they were coming into this game, they were number ten in scoring defense. That's sure. pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad football in the league, and I'm the, I'm the guy to tell you about it. Um, seeing Aaron Jones get his touches is about damn time. Um, this Melton guy kind of came out of nowhere. Huh? Undrafted. Hey, I love UDFA. His name is I Bo Melton. Show him some respect. Love me some UDFAs. Um, um, first, a little trivia uh, question for you. Who's the first go. Packer receiver to go over 100 yards this year? Probably him. Bo Melton, Correct. baby. Bo Melton. Jordan, Jordan Love's going to throw for 4,000 yards, and that was their first receiver to go over 100. That's wild. The Eagles had a quarterback like that once upon a time. His name was Carson Wentz. Um, ah. Hey. To, to give you, Seth, the comparison to Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to take the Jimmy Kimmel high road on this one. Oh, no. Dear asshole, <laughs> quote unquote. Um, Jordan Love is his own man. Um, I'm a fan of this guy. Definitely, I seen they were talking the whole. They showed even the Favre clip with like just the whip motion, the ball. You know, there is definitely something in the water in Green Bay because I mean it started with Favre. He was just this lasso yep. of an arm. Nope, we are not grabbing knives. Thank you. Um, just this lasso of an arm. That could just make plays from all over the field, you know, just running around backyard bullshit. And then to see it continue on now with love is pretty cool. Um, the team goes by him. That's for sure. Keeping a guy like Aaron Jones. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> keeping a guy like Aaron. Keeping a guy like Aaron Jones. Hey, what are we doing? Keeping a guy like Aaron Jones in the She's so excited about Jordan himself. Love being the next guy. Hey, she knows I'm a fan of love, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> it definitely, you know, you're, you're seeing more and more stuff towards like, shoot, the Packers might really have three straight of these Hall of Fame fuckers, which would be wild. Obviously, way too early to say. Sure. But um, love definitely it's a good looks start. the part. It's a good start. Looks the part. That's for sure. Yeah, he'll get a, a nice contract to, um, at the end of the season, for sure. Uh, oh, and I know you brought up Joe Barry and the haters. Uh, this was obviously a very good game. I don't think, I think it's a little deceiving because they had Jaron Hall who had one start in his career, starting at quarterback, obviously no running game, no TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison was banged up really Justin Jefferson, your only playmaker on that side of the ball who was healthy. And, uh, you know, obviously they shut him down. They held him to 10 points and really it should have been less than that, except that uh fumble return on the uh punt or the the fumble on the punt return uh that put him up oh, like the six yard line but other than that i mean they completely shut him down the one thing <clears throat> that uh was i think a really good sign was the pass rush and i think that's really what's going to benefit this defense is if gary's getting home if kenny clark's getting back there obviously preston smith had a nice game as well you know and you throw in lucas van ness and and Enigbari and, and players like that. But if the pass rush can get there, it's going to make a world of a difference for this defense. So hopefully they'll I, keep that going 
Justin Fields in Chicago is going to be tougher just because it's Justin Fields, but it was good on Sunday. Yeah, I love it. Obviously, Preston Smith, uh, huge game out of him with that that uh, sack fumble. Boy, was that pretty to watch. Um, I don't think Gary actually got home on him, but he definitely had a couple recorded QB hits and a ton of pressures. Uh, you know everyone's keying on that guy now. But just uh, many different Packers on the sack sheet, tech, the TFL sheet. Um, what was it for picks? It was just Ballantyne, right? But uh, still a huge yeah. one at that. So that defense obviously came into its own a little bit, especially with the absence of Jair Alexander and the return to the IR for Eric Stokes. But the offense will always remain Green Bay's baby. I think we've kind of established that over the last 20, 30 years. And yep. now Jordan Love sits at 28 passing touchdowns, currently third in the NFL. No, I thought he had 30. 30, sorry. 30. Um, yeah, 30, my man. Isn't he second? He's third. Dak That's Prescott okay. and Brock Purdy are the only ones above him, and there is a high chance that neither of them play a full game next week. So by the end, by the time the bell tolls in Lambeau Field, there is a decent chance that Jordan Love ends up leading the league and passing touchdowns in his first year Start. MVP. 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 Why not? Why not? He should be in that conversation, Jeremy. You know he should. And I know you love Brock Purdy, and I know you love Dak Prescott, but it's about time the man got the love. Eat shit, first of all. Um, (laughs) Second of all, I don't think you can put him in there this year. I hear you, but it may be AP Offensive Player of the Year, but not MVP. Yeah, it's not happening. Lamar, I think he's like, you know, minus maybe maybe show him a little love for it. You know, give him give him a couple votes. Throw him some. I, votes. I think he. I. I mean, if he goes out and balls out against Chicago on Sunday and takes them into the playoffs, nine and eight. You know, discussion can be had. His numbers are good. You know, he hasn't had a. His numbers overall this year have been very good. No, he's obviously had some some downer games, but if you look at his numbers, yeah, they're right there. They're right there. Just saying. All right. No. Let's That's go. That. Let's move on to another game that once had an MVP front runner, but no longer. Since the Podfather is here, we'll jump to We're it. We're the Niners. Absolutely not. I'm talking about Sunday. I think it was an afternoon game. Wasn't it a 3.30 game? It was a noon game. It was? It was a noon game. I don't don't know what time it was. I just know (laughs) what I've seen. Sorry, Jeremy. Let's get to it. The disappointments that I felt. Too long on it. I'm talking Arizona-Philly. Arizona obviously steals a win. And the hearts of Philly fans all over and potentially a division title from Philly. 35-31. Dallas wins Saturday. Philly loses Sunday. So that puts Dallas currently in the number two spot. Philly can still get the division if Dallas loses. But all is not well in the city of brotherly love. That's for sure. Is it? Philly suck. Um... Just kind of 
to make it real quick, um, the offense and defensive coordinator have coached their way right out of Philadelphia at by the end of the year for sure. There's no way they'll both be back. There's no way either one of them will be back. If I'm being completely honest, it just won't happen. Or should be back, um, probably. Who? Or should be back. Oh no, they absolutely should not be back. They're terrible. I mean, it's some of the worst. Some of the worst coaching I think I've ever. Some of the worst coaching I think I've ever seen in my life. Um, Brian Johnson has just never. What's nuts? We have a thousand yard rusher, two thousand yard receivers, and a four thousand yard passer, and we can't do shit when we need to do it. Um, the epitome of that was the end of the game where we go three and out and we go QB draw loss of yards, QB draw second and 16. And then we go um, screen pass to Kenny Gainwell with Devonte Smith, all 165 pounds of my third lead blocker. Um, that is the epitome of the Eagles offense right now. And it's why, really, why? really, I watched some watch. of this game on Sunday and it was why was Jalen Hurts running so many quarterback draws, quarterback sneaks, whatever. Obviously outside of the brotherly shove, fourth and one situation. But yeah, he I they done it multiple times that I watched the game and all those screens as well. You have those playmakers. Why are they not I guess I don't know why they're not attacking downfield so more. To quote Jimmy Kimmel again. Dear assholes, um, <laughs> and when I say that, I'm talking specifically to the Eagles coordinators. Um, Seth. Uh, you could you could throw Seth in there if you want. You don't have to, but you can. Um, it seems I think RG three was the one that said it. It seems the only person in the entire universe that doesn't know how to win football games for the Eagles is the Eagles coaching staff. There's some sort of statistic out there. When we run the ball, it's like 25 times or more. We're like 40-something and one or some crazy number. And then when we don't do that, we're like three and six. So it seems pretty clear like, hey, run the ball, good things happen. But then they just go, let's not fucking do that. And they haven't done that over the last X amount of games. Um, And then on top of it, I was watching the film review of it, and, man, dudes are out of position on defense constantly, constantly, which is wild Um, because it's not like there's a lot of changing faces on the defense other than Bayard. Um, I didn't think Slay coming back was going to be that big of a thing to where, like, we needed him to come back ASAP in the season, but it's it's looking like that's what we need. Um, Ultimately, the secondary – if we give up two passing touchdowns against the Giants, we will be the first team ever to give up 36 passing touchdowns and make the playoffs in a season ever. Fucking great stat. Gotta love that. Um, <laughs> can't get pressure. Hey, you made the playoffs. Can't... That's a good sign. We don't deserve it right now. That's pretty <laughs> clear. Um, and I, I don't even want, I, you can't blame Jalen. You can't blame the receivers. You can't blame the running game. You can't blame the offensive line. You can blame pretty much the whole defense um, at this point because they're just not doing it. 
Jalen shows up on all these advanced metrics for like passing stuff. So I, you can't put it on Jalen. He's, he's doing his job at times. Does it look goofy? Yeah. But most of the time it's the fucking play calling. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's hard to say, but I, if they keep playing like this, we're going to go into the playoffs and just get smacked by the fucking Bucks. Like it won't be even interesting. And that's going to be funny because the Bucks are a team that's heating up and we're like, just dribbling down our pants with shit. So I don't know. Um, how do you? That fix would be it? an interesting rematch because um, that was just a couple years ago when that was Jalen's first playoff game was against Tom Brady in the Bucks. It's not his fucking last. Um, no, it's you know we we're so big on Vic Fangio and making everything kind of sch- schematically off of him, and then Jonathan Gannon. What makes this hurt even worse is my disdain for Jonathan Gannon. What he did in Philly was big. Um, but the way he left Philly was horrendous. Um, very clearly kind of sold us in the Super Bowl. And then very clearly drug his feet to take the, the job, which ultimately screwed us in getting Vic Fangio. And then we ended up with Sean Desai. Um, <clears throat> not that Desai was such a bad hire at the time, but clearly it's not panning out to be a good one. And then obviously they didn't feel that good about to have to sign Matt Patricia as well, just to have like a you know backup. I don't know. Brian Johnson, I could have probably guessed that wasn't going to pan out because literally the only reason Brian Johnson's made his way up to coaching ranks is because of Jalen Hurts' play. Um, I mean, that's all the way back from college days. Nick apparently has taken a lot of the blame for the offense, um, which that dude's going to talk his way right out of the job real quick here if he keeps doing that. Um, But I think at the end of the year, there's some serious evaluation because, like, this might be the end of – Fletch, BG, Lane, and Kelsey. Um, the only one of those four I would say is for sure back the next year to two is Lane. The rest of them, I don't know. I know BG's talked about playing 15 years, so I mean, I know he'd want to be back. I just don't know if they would bring him back. Um, Lane's definitely still at the peak of his play. Kelsey is like 36 years old. I mean, he's been hitting that retirement for like 10 years now. Um, and then uh, Fletch, I mean, we signed him back on a one-year deal just like Kelsey, so who knows? Um, this might literally be the way that these guys go out is watching these guys play some of the worst football of their career. The, this reminds me a lot of the Chip days where it was not working anymore at all, and Chip just kept doing it. Like, just kept on, hey, DeMarco Murray can't run laterally and cut like LaShawn, but we're going to keep doing it until I get fired. And then he did. Um, so, no, I don't know. It's, it's not a talent issue. That's for sure. The talent you see all the time. I mean, we weren't up, what, 20, 29 to three we, for nothing. You know, obviously we were doing some things right. I even go back to the Giants game the week before. This is why we might lose the Giants. The week before, two of those two of those touchdowns should have been erased for the Giants. We fumbled the ball on a kick return where two dudes just run into each other. Saquon scores three plays later. Um, and then the other one, the pick six, Dallas Goddard just fell on the ground. I mean, if if Dallas Goddard doesn't slip in the most inopportune time, which shit happens, and then if Boston Scott and another dude don't just collide, you take off 14 points, that win looks a lot better. But that's the type of shit we're doing right now, where it's just like it's so mismanaged It's probably the best way to put it right now, which is wild because Nick was such a – he was so refined in everything that they did with practice and everything. So to see it kind of unraveling a little bit like this, this late in the year is weird. Now I understand there's been some injuries that have made it, you know, 
inconsistent, but it's basically been secondary stuff, which was our strong suit. And you'd think the pass rush would kind of negate some of that, but it has not. Um, the one, the one last thing I'll put on this, because I mean, the coaching is ass. Um, Jalen's kind of looked good throughout it all. AJ and Devontae are going to look out as good as they can. DeAndre Swift, first thousand yard year. The offensive line looks pretty fair throughout. Um, defense is horseshit. I mean, that's simple as that. The one last thing on it is if Howie Roseman does not draft Jeremiah Trotter Jr. in the first round of the draft this year, Philly might burn down. Because um, it's very clear we don't have linebackers. It's very, very fucking clear. Shaq Leonard, that guy's cooked. He's watching him play football. He reminds me of Alex Singleton three years ago. He'll make you a ton of tackles, but they're all 10 yards on the field. I mean, he just doesn't make plays like he used to for the Colts. He's cooked. And then on top of that, we're N'Kobe Dean. He's been hurt all year, but we have never gotten anything out of that. Um, Christian Ellis is a guy we just let walk. Big mistake. I mean, could have been kind of a, a – a role player in the back back end. But um my point is, and then I'm done. My point is Howie has to show some relevance to the linebacker position. Because we don't. We never have since Howie's been the, the lead guy since he came back. And it's killing us now. Nigel Bradham is the last good linebacker we've ever had. And there's been nothing since. And that was in twenty seventeen where we our defense was just stacked, you know. But we haven't had a guy since that. I mean, you can hang your hat on would start two years ago. I think it's safe to say that uh, defense needs a little revamping, a little retooling. Um, Especially with a lot of those with, aging veterans, like you mentioned. Slay, I think you got to throw in there as well. Oh, Seth, if I had it my way, if I had it my way, Bradbury has to go. He's got to be gone. Fire Bradbury, Slay, gone. Slay, you can probably trade and make something back. The other two, I doubt it. Briard's on a one-year deal anyways. Um, literally, the whole linebacker room, i probably just blow up. Just get rid of all of it. I would give Kobe one more chance, but it's got to be make or break. Um, EG and Fletch, if they want to come back, they're part of the core four. I, those guys, they're always welcome to Philly as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Mount Rushmore of Eagles is those four players for me. That's just how it is. And if it was like a one-off, it'd be Dawkins because I love that guy. But – um. They have well, McNabb to, I mean, doesn't make the list, huh? No. The core four for me is that's that's Mount Rushmore right there. They brought the first Super Bowl in, man. That's the best that's, that's the true. best that is very true. era of football for the Eagles. Now, you know, speaking of that, if we win next week, this is only the second time ever in Eagles history where we've had back to back twelve win seasons. And man, does it feel like God awful right now. The first time it happened was under Andy, I think it was 0304. Um we went twelve and four and then thirteen and three and then went to the Super Bowl. Last year we went to the Super Bowl. This year, I mean, we're just getting kicked in the teeth repeatedly right now. But regardless, the Eagles are, like, doing all these historic things this year and look like fucking horseshit. Now, here's my one little glimmer of hope, and then I'll actually be done. I've said it all year <laughs> round. <laughs> I've said it. Well, he, he said that and it brought thoughts into my head. I've said it the whole, way, whole season through. We have yet to see the Eagles put together three-dimensional football. Yet. Once. There's not been one clean Is that going to happen, though? Now, At playoff time. If it's going to happen, it needs to happen not this week, but the following week and the but week the, after that. But it would be nice to see it this week, though. Wouldn't it would it? be nice to see a little glimmer of it this week. Now, I mean, if I'm the Eagles, I'm probably – Fletch, you get a week off. BG, you get a week off. I'm just going to give all these guys a week off because, to me, it doesn't matter at this point. I mean, no matter what, yeah. if we're the five seed, you're 
run right into the buzzsaw that is the Niners. If you're not the five seed, you're going to get the Niners either way. It doesn't matter. So, I mean, it's just, do you want to play? Because right now we're lined up against Tampa. If we were to end up taking the East and get the two seed, play Detroit. who is our first matchup? You'd be playing yeah. probably the Packers or Detroit the Seahawks. Oh, you're second round. I see what you're saying. I was thinking yeah. first round. Regardless, though, I don't know. It's probably easier to take the loss or whatever to or whatever comes of Giants and just go through Tampa. It's probably easier to go that way. But, I mean, who knows? So, I'm not saying to go out there and throw a game, you know, how we Doug Peterson era a couple years ago. But I am saying I don't really give a fuck what happens in this game as long as nobody gets hurt. So, that's why I'm saying take all these old players and let them sit the week. Get some extra rest. They definitely need it. I would just roll out Keely Ringo and Eli Ricks, who have looked really good through the last couple of weeks. UDFA, which we love in Philly, and then Keely Ringo was a late round pick. Now I don't know if you got Seth. You said you watched the game. <laughs> I mean, I watched bits and pieces. I didn't watch the entire game through and through, but I watched chunks did, of it. Yes. Did either one of you see Eli Ricks just get his ankles fucking smashed? I did not. Oh, it's dirty. Um, I, I, I Browder. No, it was um the running back White. I think. Oh, is it Rashad boy. White? No, no, oh, took, not Arizona. No, no, the no. On that There's Connor and um. It wasn't Connor. I forget who the other one is. I swear his name was White. I swear his last name was White. I could be totally wrong, but I thought it was Rashad or Sean White. All right, last thing, and then yeah, we're moving on. There's other games nope, I want to talk totally about. Wrong. I'm totally wrong. It was Carter. Michael Mike, Carter. Yeah, oh, Michael, Michael Carter. Carter. Yeah, yeah, Michael yeah. Carter. Actually, I think maybe I did see oh that now that you mentioned that. I might have seen that. that was... Ricks, is, Ricks is like a lanky corner, like probably 6'2", you know, long, lanky guy. Kind of built like a receiver. And all of a sudden, you see him kind of trying to come down and fill the edge. And all of a sudden, Rug just gets pulled on this guy, and he's on the ground. <laughs> I was like, damn. But no, um, yeah, definitely – you got to just limp through the rest of the year. Hopefully, you can spin something to you know get a hot streak going here. But regardless, you got to blow up this coaching staff. Sirianni and Stoutland are the only two guys that are safe for me. Everything else beyond that is they can go. All of them can go. All well right. said, Joe. We're rebuilding in Philly. Just confirmed. <laughs> All right, let's go to. He comes on to talk Philly, and he says, "Peace." He's gone. Uh, Let's go to Detroit, Dallas quickly. Saturday night, uh, you know, we could even fast forward to the end of the game because it really wasn't that super interesting of a game. 20 to 19, really a lot of defense. Obviously, the entire Dallas offense ran through CeeDee Lamb, who had, what, put up two, 227. Pretty much was the entire Monster off- day. Yeah. Yeah. Dak threw for 345 and Pollard or CeeDee Lamb accounted for 227 of it, which... He had his way with that Lions secondary. Uh, CeeDee Lamb, he's top five, isn't he? Top five receiver in the league? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think since week eight, I think he's established that um, for sure. I got know, my Eagles taken and I got out real fast. Sorry, yeah, 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 that's what we figured. Uh, I know some people on this pod uh, once said CeeDee Lamb is not a wide receiver, number one, but I think he's um, cemented I'll still himself stand by in that. that. And uh, maybe a top five receiver in this game as well. I don't think he's a top five. For, I would say you could, I this would say numbers would tell you otherwise, and, and the way he plays and um, what he's doing right now would tell you different. I'll say this 
I don't think I said that he wasn't a wide receiver one. I think what I said was that he wasn't top ten receiver. No, I do um, believe you said he wasn't a wide receiver one. But I I feel like I meant like I not that I meant I feel the like hate, I the hate was, was coursing through you. You could definitely tell. For sure. And I, I still got it. Um <laughs> I don't think he's top ten or top five for the simple reason there's too many. There's too many of them. There's a lot. You can't truly say he's better than AJ. Him and AJ are probably dead even. Um you know, don't forget Bo Mountain as well. Don't forget Bo. Bo uh, you can't can't put him over AJ. Obviously, you cannot put him over Hill. Can't put him over Jefferson, even though he's been hurt the whole year. Correct. Um, I, I'm hey. super biased on this, but I think Amon Ross St. Brown is just with him. That's hey. just me. Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams. Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams. Then you can keep going. There you go. Seven. We'll, we'll put him at seven. We'll time out. Cooper. Seven. Cup. Okay. Sure, sure, sure. Top ten. He's We're top ten. Fuck, there's two in No, there. he's better than Puka. I Come would on. say Keenan Allen. Okay, I, I won't go Puka. I won't Keep go, naming Keenan receivers. Allen, I will. See, I, he's probably 10. He probably is legit 10. Now, here's the deal. Garrett he's having Wilson. a great year. Keep going. <laughs> he's better than Jekyll. Um, uh, no, I, I'll say this. DJ Moore. That, that, <laughs> that, uh, that Dallas offense is a little flawed, I think. Oh, and I need you to pause for just two seconds. <laughs> I think the Dallas offense is fluff for this reason. When they're hot, they'll roll you. But when they're not, they're just not there. You know what I mean? Um, but now I could see the set of my Eagles offense too because they just don't fucking show up some weeks, which was funny enough kind of this week in the second half. But no, CeeDee Lamb is a one. I, I think, I don't remember what I was saying. I think what I meant to say is he's not like a one where he can go to any roster and start as the number one receiver. I think on a lot of teams, he's a two. Clearly, probably nine teams, he's a fucking two. But, yes, he's having a great year. Just like Dak. I said Dak a couple weeks ago probably should be MVP. Now, I'll retract that real fast and say Lamar has cemented it, that he's for sure the most important player on any team in the league right now. There you go, Seth. All right. That's it. We're all done. <laughs> no, um, I mean – just want to touch on the end of the game, obviously the uh, ineligible receiver downfield, all that junk. I heard the explanation today on what happened. Now tell me if you guys heard this as well. That three Lions offensive linemen went to the refs right before the play happened. And they all, you know, they all said, this is the player or this is the lineman who is going to be eligible or whatever they said. But they put three linemen to there to confuse Dallas so they didn't know who was reporting as eligible. Apparently, the ref misheard who was reporting as eligible, and that's why they wrote down the wrong number or whatever they do, and they called the guy ineligible even though he reported as eligible. Now, that's what I heard. Further addition on that story, uh, the video you can see clearly is that Penny Sewell, Taylor Decker, both walking up to the ref. To report somebody. Number 70, John Skipper, or some Skipper. Yes, Skipper, yep. Comes running from the sideline. Now, earlier in the game, they had called 70 as an eligible receiver. So he's running from the sideline. The ref was like, oh, him? Boom. I, I gotta Because they got to go tell the Cowboys who's eligible. Yes. It'll be like, hey, number 70 is eligible. So that's why that the weird, like, we're trying to confuse the Cowboys part. Doesn't make sense to me because they're just they're getting told. Sure, I guess yeah, you can yeah. forget after a couple seconds, maybe. But um, 
So that it it was a whole weird situation. I think the clearest way is that there's a miscommunication from the video. Brad Allen, the ref, is running like he he gives like maybe a second for them to speak to him, and he's sprinting to the Cowboys to tell him who's who's eligible. So it seemed clear that he was like, "Oh, it's seventy, boom," and didn't even like yep. hear use his ears. So they obviously made a mistake. Uh, reports are but not confirmed that they this basically bounces that crew out of the playoffs i, and, I heard uh, that as well yes 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 and can i, I jump in, right. can i jump in right there <clears throat> yes that crew just got a prime time game this week i think playoffs Probably right though, that the they're fact. getting bounced out of yes so they're they're supposed to be getting bounced out of the playoffs but they yes. did just get a primetime game this week. That, that's probably good. as a sorry. Uh, you were expecting this paycheck, and you're not going to get it. So here's the Which, Looking at and here's the deal. I was a beneficiary of one of their games this year when they played the Eagles versus Dolphins. Dolphins had ten penalties. The Eagles had literally none. Right. Yeah. Um, that was the one game that they did this year that was like a big head scratcher. Obviously, the ending of this game, and then it was you guys, Kansas City, right? Yes, I believe so. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to say I know there's three, if not four. Um, that was also a primetime game, obviously. Yeah. Um, I'll say this. In the videos, like Owen just said, now and obviously we're going secondhand info watching a video. It's very, very, very clear that this ref looks straight at Taylor Decker and shakes his head and says something with his mouth, right? Which yep. alludes to, oh, hey, he knows that I'm in. Also, which another part that was said, was um, the coaching staff for the Lions told the officials before the game that Decker would be saying he was going to be in, right? What makes it fishy to me is when they spoke with the Lions players after the game, every single one of them was right in line saying that, hey, Decker, this is what we are all told. It was acknowledged on the field, blah, 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 blah. And then the official gives a complete different Agitation of what happened, right? Um, fishy, right? Now, I'm not saying the league is fucking, you know, big conspiracy theory, the mobs behind it, you know, they're trying to get the Cowboys to win, but it looks terrible, right? It looks terrible, especially from a crew that's had multiple bad games this year. Um, I think the bigger thing here is, so first of all, I hate the Cowboys, so fuck them for yes, you do. getting this. It almost actually, if the Eagles would win games. I was waiting for that. The Cow- waiting for it. It almost would have helped my Eagles if they weren't dog shit by having the Lions lose because they'd give us a better shot at two or one if we just win games, but we don't win games. Um, left that back in November. Um, the bigger problem is, so officiating across all major sports right now has been terrible. Like, as a basketball fan, I can tell you it's really bad there. I've seen a lot of stuff out of baseball. I'm not a big baseball fan. Um, the NFL is the only league that doesn't have full-time officials. Yeah. That's the bigger issue here. Um, I think I can definitively say in all the years I've watched football, this is by far the worst officiating I've ever seen. There's something every week, if not every game like this. Not to this extreme, but there's something where it's like, that's not right. You know, it's almost worse than the catch rule. Remember when Des definitely caught it against you guys, but didn't catch no. it? But he I don't think he did. It? Uh, I don't remember. You're it, both wrong for that. Yeah. You're both wrong for that. Record books I, would say he didn't catch it. Because the rules were bad then, Seth. The rules were bad and the officials were worse. So my point is. I don't think it gets. 
It's almost as I would say this is almost as bad as the Fel Mary year when the, the first six weeks was replacement refs or or however many weeks it was until the real refs came in. Well, it's almost that, that bad, but these are the real refs. Isn't that the same yeah. year? Des was in the playoffs. They didn't ever. But the same year, right? I think it was the year after. Maybe I don't I remember. Know. It was right. It's around that same time period. Yes, but well, whatever it was, I hear you. But this has turned into. Too long term of a thing. Yes, yes, it has. Yeah, it, and you know we we've talked about this before, and it's been talked about. I I think it's just case in point that full time refs are needed. Yeah, that the NFL like, needs to fork over some money and get some real refs, get some investment in there, and make the game better. It's all. It's let me all spin it this. Let me spin this just a little bit, and then we can move on. Um, yeah, a few games I want to hit before this, out of time. Here's my worry of that the NFL is not going to take this serious and nothing's going to come of it. They have the playoff pulled for them, but then they get a primetime game right away. So almost like, a, oh, hey, we pulled this from you, but here you go. Like Owen just said, here's your game check, whatever. The one part where I think that this might not be taken serious, and this is where it almost turns into like Goodell's the problem. You guys must have seen what David Tapper did, right? The owner of the Panthers. Did you see his, yes. his punishment? Uh, fine. Just, just money fine. He got a $300,000 fine. Okay. Now let me give you some math for this. Now I haven't checked it, but I've seen it. If we were to be making, which obviously we make a hundred grand for the pod, duh, we're rich. But, um, Correct. say if you yeah. were making, <laughs> say if you're making a hundred grand a year, his fine as a billionaire, this is basically like a dollar 50 to him. If he was making a hundred grand a year, pocket change to this guy who's a billionaire. Goes to sh- and then he gave uh, an apology on Twitter or X, which was very, very obviously something his lawyer just real quickly wrote up. Right, huge problem, you know, by a league that's realistically ran by its owners, to have just got out a bad owner in Washington, and now to have a new owner in Carolina that's very clearly, I mean, if this guy's got no patience or never been told no in his whole life, and that's where he in the role he is, um, it just goes to show that the NFL doesn't take these things seriously enough. Now, is it an image problem or what? I don't know. Um, is it a Goodell problem? Maybe. I mean, Goodell's been in the league for quite a while. Um, now, where he's expanded the game and definitely turned into, what is it, like a $30 billion organization now? Like, it's worth quite a bit, right? The most – the best uh, revenue in all of sports. But these were issues that – and I was pretty young for this – you didn't see under Paul Taglebu, right? You just – none of this no. type, type of things happened. But – um, I don't know. I think my concern is to take this back to the Dallas Detroit game. I don't think it's going to be taken seriously. And I don't think we're going to get full-time officials. And I think it's going to continue to be worse. And I think the playoffs is going to need something drastic to cause anything to change. That's just my opinion. Correct. I agree. I agree completely. Um, if the playoffs go maybe not perfectly, but without anything like major like this in late games, nothing will be done. Well, and we could probably all agree the Lions won this game. I mean, yeah. I mean, they should have won. Sure, sure, sure. It it should have been a W for, for Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, most people would be like, well, you got to win it within the 60 minutes of the game. You should have never been in that situation. And I hear you. But at the same point in time, you should be able to rely on the officials to make the right call in the right moment which uh, conversation at work the other day, somebody says to me, well, maybe they should just have AI be the officials. And I was like, no, 
They shouldn't because no. every play there'd be a flag for folding every single play. Yeah, so holding every play. And here, here's my thing, uh, and I'm gonna flip it one back, back to reality here, guys. You watch the tape. The nope. Cowboys defended who they were supposed to defend. The guy that they thought was eligible, there is clearly a guy on there, and he was going to be following him. Nobody was on Decker because he wasn't told. They weren't told he was eligible. If that changes, the ref does it right. We know the right guy is eligible. That play gets defended differently. So yeah, it's can always going to be. Can you definitively say that though? Can you definitively yes. say it? it was an Watch it. by the defense? You can see a guy clearly on the guy that they were told was eligible. And you can and clearly nobody... say and definitively say that guy could have handled Decker. Now, Jeremy, if this was the Eagles, you would have been, you would have said this before I did. If uh, so, I hear you. No, I, I'm not disagreeing. Oh, oh yeah. Oh no, you're you're just dis- it's Cowboys. So you're playing the worst. Like than I them. said, like I said, you're playing the Eagles, devil himself. If my Eagles could just <laughs> win games, I dare you. If my Eagles could just win games, the Lions losing would have actually benefited. No, I so, like. Yeah. I didn't have a ton of skin in this game, but uh, I just I don't know. This is the the thing. The, the the thing is here is. An official or a call should never dictate who the winner and the loser is. That's happened way too many times this year. There's always going to be bad calls. There's going to be blown calls, things like that. But, yeah, Jim, like you said, when it comes down to it in the pitiful moment of the game, game deciding play, it should not fall on the refs to screw that up. That, that's my thought on it. That's my thought on it. No ref's going to be perfect, things like that, but it should not decide who the winner and who the loser is. All right. Let's hit a few more games before we move on to top five. Let's get your top five ready. I want to move on to, real quickly, Baltimore and Miami. Obviously, Baltimore put a drubbing on the Dolphins. It started out very competitive through most of the first half. Baltimore very quickly scores at the end of the first half and goes up 28-13, two touchdowns um, in the final like three minutes of the first half to kind of put it away pretty much. Baltimore obviously, number one, locked it up. Baltimore and San Fran locked up number one seeds in, in both conferences. Is there anybody... Is there anybody that can play with the Ravens right now? Anybody going to challenge them in the playoffs when it comes time to it? Well, it doesn't seem like it's going to be the Dolphins. Um, so, put that nail in. Um, no, Seth, the Ravens, we're seeing so many good teams have these really weird, bad stretches of football. Um, obviously, the Eagles, the Chiefs being the two main ones. Uh, you throw the Cowboys in there, haven't been stellar the last few weeks. Uh, the Lions have had their struggles, obviously. Um the Ravens are the only team just just getting better as the year went. And it's it's amplifying. And it's at the perfect time. It could be too bright too early. Could be. But they're the only team you can trust right now, it feels like. And I say that over the Niners because the Niners just lost big time to the Ravens. So they did. My money. I'm throwing it all on the Ravens. On the Ravens. I'll jump in on that. I'll jump in on that. Um, Owen, what you said about how every team seems to have had their stretch of bad games besides Baltimore. I think it was Tom put it on X where he said that this year there's been just a lot of 
like subpar football or quarterback plays kind of you're talking Brady. I'm talking the goat. Um, oh, okay. Right, Seth. But anyways, I think no um, that that point could even be spread to where it's like, yeah, it's there hasn't been a dominant team in in, in football right now. Um, Baltimore, you can't even really say because nobody thought they were at the beginning of the year. You know, they never had like a dominant win up until now. They're kind of taking over that as that right now. Um, now the one thing is, I don't want to get. Baltimore's my number one team. They were last week. They are this week. I think they've been for three weeks from now. Right. Um, and I don't want to take anything away from them, but all good teams beat up on the Dolphins. That's been a re- reoccurring theme all year. It, it is. Except for the Cowboys were the only one to lose. But that was a that was a good game, though, at least. Was it away for the Cowboys? It was. Yeah. It was in Miami. That there makes a difference. Everything yeah. there's been so many trends this year where it's like if you're a better, you can bet it and feel pretty damn confident in it. This year, Cowboys don't play away from home. Lions don't play away from home, which kind of showed up this week. But um, the one thing is Baltimore was the first team to show how to beat the Niners, just beat their weakest link, which no one wanted to admit to that for whatever reason. Everybody was trying to anoint Brock Purdy as the MVP and the savior of San Francisco. Well, unless you're picking up poop on the streets, you're not the savior of San Francisco. But my point is – like that on my point is the Dolphins don't beat good teams. The Ravens beat up on everybody. Um, it's not that they're this like juggernaut team, but they're really hard to defend. They don't fuck up, and the defense is super solid. And John Harbaugh is the one coach in the whole league that's not going to forget special teams. So, in a world where the NFL Harbaugh is going off, the NCAA Harbaugh is going off as well, which is kind of neat to see. But um, yeah, I mean if. If I was to be putting the money line down, the Ravens are by far away my Super Bowl favorite right now. Well, you know what? Who might be able to take them down? Talk to me. The Pittsburgh Steelers, who they play next <clears throat> week. They already beat them once this year. They already beat Except them once this year. they're not going to play any of their starters. Exactly, so they'll lose. <laughs> yeah, so who cares? <laughs> you know what? They might meet in the playoffs again. If Pittsburgh wins and I think gets a little help, they uh, they'll make playoffs. And who knows? For Pittsburgh's sake, there. I hope they don't meet in the playoffs, though. I would love that. That would be a great game. Pittsburgh, Baltimore in the playoffs? Come on. Division rivals? Yeah, absolutely. I'll take that. It's like, it's like Green Bay and Chicago in the playoffs. 2010 NFC Championship game. 2009, maybe. 2010. Whatever it was. All right. Uh, a couple more games. I'll move on to top five. Talking about um, struggling powerhouses. We already talked Philly. Let's go over to KC a little bit here. Um, this was a, an afternoon game, so not part of the 11-12 the, the games of, of noon games. Um, Harrison Butker was the savior for the Chiefs. Wow, was he? they? I think he hit how many field goals? Six field goals, I Six believe it was. Six field goals. Pretty much, you know, scored everything for them. Obviously, the Chiefs moved the ball enough to get into field goal range, but Harrison Butker, who is one of the best kickers in football, was absolutely perfect on Sunday to help them. But it was still a struggle. Still a struggle, mainly offensively, of course. Defense, you don't really have to worry about. You know, they shut down the Bengals for the most part. They had a couple drives here and there, but... You know, for the most part, they didn't do much. But that offense is still not humming. 
And you, Jeremy, you talk about the struggles of that defense. I think it's it's a similar tune, but to the Chiefs' offense, they have Travis Kelsey, who didn't do much in this game, and you know you talk about Jason Kelsey up to retirement. Travis Kelsey also might retire. Retire. We we might lose both Kelseys in the same year, potentially. Yep. Just might. Travis is be... not well. As weird as he say said, is not aging as well as Jason. No, no. No, absolutely not. No, he's definitely had his um his injuries over the years. Now, I think did Chiefs lock up a playoff spot on Sunday with this win? Is that is that confirmed? I think they're they in won? regardless. I'm pretty pretty sure that they're just they playing. clinched the division actually. Yeah, they clinched it. Oh, so with in. with yeah. Denver losing, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Um, well, they the Denver Denver won, didn't they? No, it wasn't oh, right. Denver. They Who's he talking about? Uh, no, 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 no. No, you're right. I think it with was... KC winning, it didn't matter. Yes, um, correct. I thought I so, thought Denver had a little better record than that, but anyways, right. regardless, yeah, KC's ten and six, so I guess it probably doesn't matter what happens next. The powerhouse of the of the Chiefs, Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, it's kind of it's kind of gone. It feels like it's... they've been struggling for weeks now. No offense. Owen, can I jump in on this one first? Absolutely. Uh, age before beauty here. Um, I wouldn't say it's gone, Seth. <clears throat> this is what I will say. I don't think the Chiefs – they did a really good job for adjusting without Tyreek Hill last year, right? They just got speed. Now, what they haven't adjusted to is life without Travis Kelsey, who has just not been the same guy this year. That was the chain mover. That was the, you know, backyard. That was probably more of Mahomes' backyard bullshit than Mahomes is because he just knew that Travis was going to mirror him down the field and always give him a guy. They don't have that right now. Um, That might be a multi-year fix. You know what I mean? Because you can fake speed because there's fast guys in the world, right? You just – now, are they they Tyreek Hill? No. But you can go get an MBS who can just run sprints and drop the ball. You can go get – Bryce, you know, these guys that can just run down the field. Now, Rice actually seems like he's a dude. Um, Isaiah Pacheco has definitely been a, a hit. He was set. He kept him in the game as much as the kicker did. I mean, Pacheco was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Isaiah Pacheco has been. Yeah. He's been different for them. An actual legitimate guy, running game. Chiefs have he made. runs like a kid that shit his pants that doesn't want his butt change. <laughs> like the way he stomps on the ground, it's wild. I played high school football as a kid at where I was that runs identical to that. It was always hilarious when I'd see it. But um, is it no, I think very different looking guy. Um, now <laughs> Pacheco is significantly better at football too. Um, what I'll say is the Chiefs. I think they're. I think they of the two Super Bowl teams from last year currently have the better shot to make it back because they just got to get hot on offense and they can run. You know what I mean? Now, if they will, is a big question mark. Um, but if you get two hot games on the Chiefs, that's a run. The Eagles, I mean, the only thing that's getting hot there is every coach's ass. Um, <laughs> no, I would – my point being is yeah, I think this is going to be a multi-year fix agree with after this. Because if Kelsey leaves, even if he doesn't leave, you can't expect him to be top tier Kelsey next year. They've got to go out and get weapons. Now, I don't think it's going to be a receiver they got to go get. I think they got to go after uh, – who's that big-time tight end right now? Is it Bauer? Uh, he won't. He Brock won't make Powers. it to. He if won't I'm make the it to Chiefs, KC, probably. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm selling the fucking farm for that guy. 
that you I think you've got to. You gotta go get some top tier guy like that, otherwise this offense doesn't really turn. And then it starts to turn into is Patrick Mahomes really the guy or was it Travis Kelsey the whole time? Because you're gonna get those questions next year if they're not good. Yeah, I mean I think they'll still be good if if Kelsey comes back next year or not, uh just because it is Mahomes, it is Andy Reid, they'll adjust. I think is it's it been a lot of Kelsey, well, it's happened. I mean, you know, okay, is it is it Jordan? Is it is it Dennis Rodman? Is it Scotty Pippen? You know, all this stuff. I, I think mean, come we on. all know. I know Phil Jackson, obviously. It, it was Phil Jackson. It was Jordan, so. <laughs> yeah, so it's Mahomes. Mahomes makes the offense hum, makes it run. But yeah, I mean, two hundred forty-five yards in a tutty and two sacks. He yeah. just needs some guys. That's all. Absolutely. You know, you say that about any quarterback. Say that about any quarterback, any offense. The one thing I left out is I think it seems worse because of Mahomes' looking exposed. Yeah. Yeah, The the struggles have been real there. But I would agree with you out of the two Super Bowl teams, uh, Casey, I think, has a better chance because that defense really has been locked down for pretty much the entire year. And like you said, if that offense just finds a flicker, Especially in playoff time, you know, they're going to be dangerous. Well, and Andy can coach up anybody. You know what I mean? Andy Correct. can get some yeah, 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 yeah. guys in the game. Absolutely. Yeah, he absolutely can. All right. Uh, any other games we want to hit on before we uh, hit top five? I just want to say something about the other side real fast. That Bengals oh, sure, offense, sure. I'm, I'm very curious going into next year. Um, Browning is going to get a deal somewhere. Who their, who their quarterback's going to be? Their quarterback? Well, no, I don't think it's, the quarterback isn't the controversy. Controversy there. Browning is going to get paid somewhere. I don't think you got much mixing left. I mean, he's been really reliable this year, but he's looking worn down. Um, are you going to throw money at T. Higgins, who's completely held out of this game, but been the best receiver of the game this year? The Bengals got some questions to ask to answer, and I think. The AFC is going to be real goofy next year because the Ravens are built super well. I mean, Lamar's already paid. Harbaugh's not going anywhere. They seem to always have a good offense and defense. Special teams always dominant. But the Bengals, who are an up-and-coming team, what are you going to do? Kansas City clearly has to find some weapons. Buffalo's literally playing for their life right now. <laughs> I mean, it's when and you're the two-seater, you don't play at all, you know, in the playoffs. It, the, yeah, AFC's exactly. the, the whole AFC outside of Baltimore is a big question mark. So it's like, this game kind of is like amply just shows you what the whole AFC is, in my opinion, because there's so many questions tied to every single team other than Baltimore. Except what can they do in the playoffs? But that's a different question. What say you on? I say so. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good Terrible. time. Sad by all. That's all. That's all. We're having a good time. For, it makes for interesting football. Yeah. Absolutely. Right on. Interesting. Well said. Uh, it, it's funny because I think at the beginning of the year, you were looking at the AFC and you're looking at Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. You could even throw Russell Wilson in there. It's like those top tier, obviously Lamar Jackson. You were like, the AFC is the powerhouse of the two conferences just because they're so stacked at the quarterback position. Justin Herbert goes out halfway through the year. Joe Burrow obviously goes out towards the beginning of the year. Mahomes and that Chiefs offense haven't been the same. Josh Allen and the Bills have been so up and down. It's just the dynamic of the AFC has shifted completely, like you said, Jeremy, which it it's – the NFL do that well, to you. You just don't I know. think the, the one other comment to make about the AFC, 
is you're right with what you're saying. Your toe. Um, there's a lot of up and coming teams. And then like the Jets, what yeah. happened with the Jets is kind of goofy. But like yep, for next the year, the Texans are going to, the whole AFC South is going to be real as fuck next year. Right. Um, where well, does Billy B go? We'll does Billy B go to LA? You know, I just, um, the Raiders, I mean, if they didn't have a turd as a coach, they'd probably be more relevant. Like, because as you look at it, in the AFC, you got to go all the way down to the Raiders at the 12th seed right now to get below 500. In the NFC, you only got to get to the Saints at nine. And the Saints haven't been relevant all year, in my opinion. Because um, it's like the Saints, the Seahawks, and the Packers. Um, so I don't know. I just, the AFC as a whole is probably in a really good spot, but there's some serious questions with the top end teams. Agreed, agreed. All right. All right. Anything else, Owen? Anything else to add? So enlightening these last few minutes. You know, the NFC is just as good. There's a lot of young teams out there, and they're getting a lot better, okay? Jeremy, we're trying the best we can out in the NFC. And if the Eagles were just would just play like they should, we no, nobody would be laughing at our conference, Jeremy. So fuck. <laughs> figure it out, okay? Figure it out. The Packers shouldn't have to be as good as they are this year. This was supposed to be a slow year. But because all you you, you freaking teams at the top just can't figure out how to look as good as the freaking Baltimore Ravens, we're stuck having to carry the load here at the end of the year. So figure You're it welcome. out. You're figure it out. Hey, he's not wrong. It's just we got to fire a couple of coaches real quick. <laughs> uh, all right. Top five. We Let's ready? Work. No, uh, but yes. I'll go first. I'll go first because I'm just going to ramble this fucker. Are you ready? All right. Let's hear it. Because I have a, I have it on my phone, but I don't feel like looking. And I just got the conferences up right now. I'm going to go one to five. I'm going to go one to six. I'm going to start at the top. Ravens are clearly the number one team in the league. I don't think that's a question at all. Are we, are we sure um, about that? The, clearly. So if you want to argue that, I mean, kick rocks. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the Ravens are definitely number one. I will give it to the Niners that they're two. Um, now, the Niners have an Achilles heel, and it happens to be the guy that touches the football the most. Um, number three, this is where I feel like getting real wild. And I'm gonna do it. Don't do it. I'm gonna do it all. I'm gonna come. All right. Number three is <laughs> Donald Trump. Number three is oh the Cleveland Browns. What? That's my three. Yep. I am I'm a believer in Joey Flacco right now. Okay, so we got Ravens one, Niners two, Browns three. This is wild. I think we got to shut it's it down. It's got to be – help me out. Who am I going, Lions or Cowboys at four? Who just won? Lions. All right, Cowboys. My, I mean, <laughs> Lions did. We'll go Cowboys at four. I don't trust anybody else in the AFC. Holy shit. You're missing a team in the AFC, but that's okay. Uh, you know, I know I am, and it's not the Bills. I'll tell you that right now. It might be the Bills. It might be. Seth, it's not the Bills. And when the Bills don't make the playoffs, I'm going to laugh in your face. No offense. But they're just – they're not a good football team. They're not better than the Steelers. And the Steelers don't – What? Lose. Excuse me? What? All right. Got more you're right, Owen. We down. do have to shut this down. All right. This is – here. Here's my argument. Strike this from the record books. 
Here's my argument of those two Not teams. Not better than the Steelers. I don't think they are head-to-head. I think the Steelers probably take that game. That's what I'm getting. Well, that's a different head. conversation. That's what I'm alluding to because I'm thinking like playoff football, like winning your end, ride, die. Steelers aren't even going to make the playoffs, and the Bills will. I'm going to go, okay. So They're going to be the number two seed. Stop talking, sir. Okay, I'm totally lost. Ravens. <laughs> that's pretty Ravens, evident. It's pretty evident. Cowboys. This is where I'm going to get real wild. I want to put the Rams on this list so bad, but I can't. Um, Dolphins, Lions. I'm leaving my Eagles off because they don't – no thumbs up for my Eagles. All right, so one to six. Ravens, Niners, Browns. Y'all don't need to believe it. I do. Cowboys, Lions, or Dolphins, Lions. All right. Well, we got ahead about half there. Owen, oh, I'll I'll let you go last. I'll go I'll go second here. Just right. one one closing statement from my argument. I'm leaving the Eagles off because they they deserve the treatment of the guy that was in the receiving end of the the Tapper Cup. Um, and then you guys got to believe in Joe Flacco. He completely changes the dynamic there in Cleveland. If he plays all year, there it's they one might thing be... to do this in the regular season. It's another thing to do this. In the playoffs against how many, the Ravens how many quarterbacks against... in the AFC have won a Super Bowl? Well, everyone's um... young. Everyone's young now. Yeah, yeah. Joe Flacco is one of those guys. Wait, what? Well, so yeah, but so what? We can say, has, I guess. Well, he's not starting. Rogers. Well, he's not playing. Russ isn't either. I meant that's going to be that's in that's the a dance different story. Zone. That's a different story. Dance. You mean in the I'm playoffs? Playoffs? Yeah. I'm telling you guys. You don't need to believe me, but the Browns are going to make a run. They're going to the Super Browns Bowl. Browns got the run. for sure. I don't know if they're going to the Super Bowl, but they're going to make it. Dude, if Joe Flacco gets Baltimore in Baltimore, sign me up for some Flacco, and I like the Ravens. All right. Who's Seth your first off? I'm waiting. Who's your first off? Eagles, because I hate them. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I'll whip it out. Here we go. Number one. Real quick. I'll do one, two, three. They're same as same as Jeremy's. Ravens, Niners, Cowboys are my top three. Oh, but my list is to, so bad. I wanted to put the Niners at one, but I just couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Ravens at one, Niners two, Cowboys three. Cowboys, I think, are right there with the Niners at the top of the NFC. Uh, I would love to see them in the play, in the playoffs again. Obviously, Niners took it to them at the beginning of the year, but I think Cowboys have been playing better. Since that game, I think that'd be a good one. Four for me. Jeremy completely left him off the list. I don't know why, but he did. I have the Buffalo Bills at four. They are, you know what? Jeremy's right. They are a win or a loss away from making the playoffs. If they win, they're the number two seed. If they lose, they're out, which is absolutely wild to say. That goes from one end to the other in one game. But they play Miami on Sunday. It decides the division. We'll see. I think they're the better team. Josh Allen, you know, has been very up and down this year. He's he's had some brilliant moments and he's had some questionable moments. But that's why you love to watch the man play football. Because you don't know what you're going to get every Sunday. It's like Favre. It was like Favre back in the 90s, early 2000s. You love to watch Favre because 
He was going to make some wild play that you have no idea how he did it, and then he's going to turn around and throw into triple coverage and say, why did you do that? Josh Allen does the same thing. He's so fun to watch. He can win you a game by himself, Superman-esque. Plus, that defense has been playing very well as of late. They, If you look at their numbers, big on the numbers, because numbers are important. They don't lie. They don't they lie to you. They never lie. They never lie. They can skew the truth to continue. They don't lie. They're sixth in they offense, fourth in defense. Means they still put up points, and they still don't give up a lot. If they've had some fluky losses. They're coming into this game Four wins in a row, five out of the last six. One of the hottest teams in football. They got to be on this list. Watch out for them in the playoffs. Absolutely. Five for me. One of the worst teams in football, the Philadelphia Eagles, to continue. (laughs) Five A and B for me is the Super Bowl participants of last year. I have the Chiefs at five A, Eagles at five B. Jeremy, I totally get it, leaving them off the list. I thought about it. I do. I still think they're they're above the likes of the Dolphins, the Browns, the Lions. I don't trust the Lions as a big time player. I just don't. I think Jared Goff is going to crumble in the playoffs. He's been good this year, but he's he's kind of uh, shied away from the big lights. Kind of Kirk Cousins esque a little bit. The Browns. I just Joe Flacco thing. You, you can't trust him. And then the Dolphins. You said it earlier. Owen said it before. Maybe maybe there's a hint of the F word with this team. Maybe a hint. F word alert. Maybe a hint. I don't know. We'll see on Sunday. They play the Bills, who are a winning team. We'll see if they do it. So you left the Dolphins off of your list. I did. So I go Ravens, Niners, Cowboys, Bills, Chiefs, Eagles. Owen, to clarify, at the three spot I had the Browns. At the four spot I had the Cowboys. Seth said it differently when he was ripping to them. No, I got it. I oh, you're right. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I got it right. So this will be a wild rankings. It will be, and I figured Seth, it was going to be. My list, almost exactly your list, one through five, bills. all correct. Ravens, Niners, boys, Bills, Chiefs. I think the Eagles are terrible, just like Jeremy says. And I have the Joe Flacco Boogeyman Browns hey. in at number six. Boogeyman Browns. It's the thing is like I fully understand your fears about the Browns. But there's at least equal amounts of fears with any of the rest of the teams. You said it about the Lions. The Eagles have just lost yes. four straight. And then, then once we get past them, we're talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're talking about the Rams, who are a fun team, and you kind of want to put them in there, but they're just, you know, I really want as to a plate, the they're 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 banging on the door for sure. And then after that, it's the Tampa Bay Bucks, the New Orleans Saints, Seattle Seahawks. It's like none of these teams are even close. I understand the Eagles and the Rams. Don't forget them Packers. Don't forget them Packers. And the and of course, that, champ. your Green Bay Packers. Seth, we like flying under the radar. Okay, we're gonna keep That's it true. that way for now. We'll play it. We'll we'll play the underdog card. Now we talked about the top five teams, the Chiefs are a little bit, you know, eh, there, but they have secured the number three seed and the division title. And they're a team that obviously can beat anybody. Then all of a sudden, Patrick Mahomes looks like Patrick Mahomes in a big game against the Ravens. Can definitely see it happening. But give me the Browns in this spot. Number one, their defense is fully, fully, fully for real. Miles Garrett, I believe, is the odds-on favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year. 
finally, after saying it for the whole life of this podcast, we knew he was going to do it. We just thought it'd be both of the we years. We called prior. it. We called it. <laughs> we were the first ones, ladies and gentlemen. Now, and I just, I think this team, it just looks better with Joe Flacco than it did Deshaun Watson. They look like a better team than they did that anybody thought they would at the beginning of the year. Total credit to that coaching staff. Total credit to Joe Flacco coming off the couch and making moves. I got well, him in here. What does Flacco? What does Flacco have yeah, to lose? Right. He's he's coming yeah. off the couch, like you said. Absolutely. He's just gonna go out there and sling it. And if he's like, man, if I lose, you know, he he's falling asleep on the bench and throwing for four hundred yards. So it he can do what he wants right now, I guess. You know, uh, Seth, you you were talking numbers. Deshaun Watson in six games has worse stats in every statistical category but completion percentage than Flacco. Flacco's got more picks, I guess, but he's been throwing it a lot more. But, yeah, really. Oh, yeah. He's, he's whipping it around. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. Um, Flacco is perfect fit for this offense. They got the offensive line to keep him out, right? Jerome Ford's having a hell of a resurgence. Cream Hunt's still keeping I just don't then, know if – I just don't know – Joe Flacco and the turnovers is what worries me because you get into the playoffs against a team like the Bills or against a team like the Chiefs. They're going to take advantage of that. Obviously, the Ravens, they're going to take advantage yeah, sure. of those moments. I mean, you can do that against the Jets and some of these lower teams because your defense is so dominant. But if you turn the ball over in the playoffs, you know, it's going to come back to bite you. For sure. Seth, I can, I'm can. i a proven commodity of that when it comes to Madden. When you turn the Indeed. ball over in the playoffs – you lose games. Um, just what saying, are you saying, Jeremy? Uh, what are you saying? Saying I won the Super Bowl. But anyways, uh, to my point. I was last year. Nobody cares. I'm on feed this year too, bud. But anyways, um, my point is. Yeah, I am. Thanks, Jeremy, by the way. We're not saying the five minutes of uh, raging about Madden. Um, Flacco's turnovers, I, I hear you. Now, if there's a defense that can assist in getting the ball right back, the Browns are up there for that for sure. Um, I think the thing that's the scariest about this team is not so much Flacco. It's Amari Cooper and Njoku just shot out of a fucking cannon. I mean, those guys. And Elijah Moore, too. If he's alive. I mean, if they gave alive. him two or three. Yeah, they gave him the two of treatment. Hopefully not. But um, no, these guys are, I mean, Ford out of the backfield. Hunt, obviously, still a guy. This is a team that could surprise some people. And I think they're the only ones built to really give it to the, the Ravens in the playoffs, I think. And then, Seth, you mentioned you worry about them versus the Bills, Ravens, Chiefs. I agree. I have them over the Browns currently. I just have them also over the majority of NFC contenders. Seth, I want to say one last comment about your Bills. I get it. Hey, don't be but hating man, on my boy. Don't be hating. Josh Allen is overdue for a fucking stinker, man. He really <laughs> is. You know, they've relied so much on that running game the last couple weeks that Joshua Allen really hasn't had to do much. James Cook has been going off the last well, couple weeks. And that's dangerous for the playoffs because, especially in Buffalo, um, you you know, it's going to be bad weather, you know, if they're playing in Buffalo or not, you know, those kind of deals, which, well, they could be the number two seed. Absolutely, they'd be playing in Buffalo at least but once. The one You're going to need that running game. You're going to need that running the game. The one thing about Josh Allen – is in that stretch of wins. He's thrown a pick in every single game, but the, the Dallas game. It's called consistency, Jeremy. Yeah, consistently consistency. turning the ball over. And in the playoffs, Seth. Playoffs. Playoffs. 
No, I, I just, I don't know. I, I'm not out on the Josh Allen experiment, but that guy got to clean it up. I mean, he's as yeah, bad as he's Agreed, agreed. In the playoffs, he's like almost as bad as Jalen Hurts. Belongs, right he belongs in Philly. Nah, Jalen's yeah. fine. That's coaching stuff. Josh Allen belongs in Phily with these bunch Listen, of idiots on the coaching staff. Josh All Allen right. hasn't had to do much in the last few weeks because of the resurgence of James Cook. The only thing he's really had to do was steal that rushing touchdown at the end. Josh Allen is your number two in rushing touchdowns on the year. Yeah. And Jalen It's like a Jalen Hurts stat. If you could give me a team owned by David Tepper, coached by the Eagles coaching staff, and quarterback by Josh Allen, boys, we're going 0-18. <laughs> all right owen let's hear the going long you're on first going top long on first top 10 starts off with the unanimous decision baltimore ravens and second unanimous decision san francisco 49ers i think everyone will have that and if you don't you're having some bold takes clearly uh jeremy was teetering on that didn't quite go that far but number three we got the dallas cowboys uh, here's where it starts to get interesting, starting with the Cowboys. Obviously, they win. They got a little bit of momentum going into the rankings. Then you got about eight, no, seven, six, seven teams all log jammed. And you could really go either way you wanted to. And we did, by the way, vote to another six teams after the Dallas Cowboys at three. Number four, we got the Buffalo Bilskis. Number five. That's right, Jeremy. Number five, the Cleveland Browns. Number six, the Kansas City Chiefs. Seven, the Miami Dolphins. And 8A and 8B tied are the Detroit Lions and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, gentlemen, we got one more spot left. I would like to nominate the Los Angeles Rams throwing in number 10 here. Well, doesn't do what I wanted to do. Two thirds majority vote wins the Los Angeles Rams. It is. And I Seth, want to make unless, one comment about unless the list. You want, Seth, unless you wanted to put the Jaguars, the Texans, or the Green Bay Packers in, uh, we're going to put the Rams in. Uh, yeah, no, that's fine. That's fair. <laughs> the Rams are a good argument to throw in there. Absolutely, yeah, I'm fine with that. I want to make one comment about the list, and it's a direct shot at Seth. The Bills might not even be on this list next week, bud. But the Browns will be, no matter what. The, a lot would have to happen for the Bills to miss out on the playoffs, though. Uh, they just got to lose. No, they need other people to lose. I, yeah. I'm fairly certain they just have to lose. Here, uh, let's officially. I got it right here. All right. Buffalo clinches an AFC East division title with a Buffalo win. Yep. Buffalo clinches a playoff berth. With a tie, or a Pittsburgh loss or a tie, or a Jaguars loss or a tie, or a Houston Indy tie. So one of those other three things would have to happen if they lost, and it's kind of likely that not all three would happen. You know, go their own. Uh, that's it, not what I've seen, but I'll let you have it. <laughs> Easiest way for them goal. to get in is very similar to what the Packers have to do: <clears throat> winning in, baby. That's it, winning in. Right, Jeremy, what you're missing. Bills are ten and six. Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Houston, Indianapolis are all nine and seven. So there you go. Sure. <laughs> Pod never lies. All right. It never does. And neither does the list. Bang all on. right. 
Trivia, I got two questions for you. Are you boys ready? I'm ready. Jeremy looks as ready as ever. Kip. He's not, but I'm ready. This former All-Pro set a career high on Sunday with sacks in a season with 16. He also has also hit over the 100 sack mark this year as well. Can you name who this player is? Former All-Pro, 16 sacks, career high this year. One more time. Okay. This former All-Pro, pass rusher, defensive end, whatever you want to call him, has 101 career sacks. He put himself on the 100 career sack mark this year, obviously, just a couple weeks ago. But on Sunday, he recorded his 16th sack of the season, which put him at a career high in sacks in a single season this year. Who uh, is this player? Fast? Yeah, go ahead. T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt. No, I, I think he's got uh, – it's not T.J. Watt. He's got more now, doesn't he? He's got I believe so, now. and I think, what, two years ago he had 19 or 20? Oh, it I wouldn't think? be his career high because he, he tied the record. He has 22 and a half. Yeah, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. My guess, yes. former All-Pro, just over 100. Uh, I believe Khalil Mack, because he had six game sacks in it. It is Khalil. Game, oh, and I'm positive you're right. It's Khalil Mack. You're right. Who's been pretty good all year, but really had that one game pushing him up the leaderboard there. So give me Khalil Mack. Jeremy, you agree or disagree? Want to go another way? It is Khalil Mack. Good job, Owen. Leo Mack, Thank yes. You. Career high in sacks this year. His previous career high was 15 that he did back in 2015 when he went uh, first team all pro. It was 2016 that he won defensive player of the year, though. The 2016 or 2018? Did he not 20, 2018? 2016. 2018, he was second. Ah, there you go. Yep. There you go. Yes. All right. Next question. Wow. That one was easy. Easiest one you've probably had in a long time. I'll take it. I needed it. All right. Lamar Jackson, you know, this MVP guy that we're talking about here. He tied, he tied the NFL record for most perfect passer rating games in NFL history with three. On Sunday, he had a, a perfect passer rating of 158.3, which was third time in his career that he's done it. Put him in a tie for first place. Most games in NFL history, the perfect wow. passer rating. I know. Um, and obviously, probably the youngest to do it out of all of these quarterbacks. I'm guessing. I'm guessing. But can you name the other four quarterbacks who he is now tied with who have had three games with a perfect passer rating? Owen, um, I'm going to shoot one out there because this is yes. definitely a Kurt Warner stat. And it makes me question if Lamar was the youngest to do it, but it's definitely a Kurt Warner stat. I thought of three, and Kurt Warner was not one of them. So there you go. Start oh. with Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner? Correct. Kurt Warner is one of them. Yes. Very nice. Indeed. Very nice. All right. And this three is left. career, like just three in their career. Three in their career. Man, there's only three left. Three left. You have three, Owen. Jeremy did his oh. part. Now you got to do yours. Tom, uh, all right. Um, Tom Brady wasn't even one of them. 
I thought of. I probably should say Tom Brady, shouldn't I? If you don't, I'm going to say Tom. I played forever, so say Tom Brady. Tom Brady is also one of them. Yes. Tom Brady. He's the fucking guy. <laughs> He's Tom done Brady, it all. Kurt Warner. No matter what stat you see, Tom's on it. Um, Another guy that's like that is Peyton Manning. Peyton's definitely got to be on this. Peyton Manning. Owen, you agree? I like the guess. Not one of mine. Okay. That'd be Peyton. It is Peyton. Peyton Manning's nice. also one of them. So you're three for three. Can you get the last one? This one might be the toughest. Probably. I'm assuming he's a Hall of Famer. Uh, I'm sure you can't give that, that clue away yet. I cannot. Jeremy, I got three guesses. Uh, just sneer if you want me to move on to the next guess. Uh, I want to say Dan Marino. I mean, that would be a Dan Marino-type stat. Let's stick with Dan Marino. We're going to we're gonna have to rifle off Dan, a few names, I think, before we get there, but I'll say Dan Marino to start. Dan the Man Marino is where you're going, huh? Yes, sir. Dan the Man Marino is not one of them. Not uh, this is just – you said it was two games of perfect pass ratings? Three. Three. But perfect pass ratings. Yes. Yep. Yes. It's one of Seth's boys for sure. You think you think so, right? How do you say that? Yeah, Tim Tebow for sure. Guess it. Oh, no, no, baby, no, no, no. that's it right there. <laughs> oh, and it's either uh, Dear Fuckhead or the other one that should be in jail. Um, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go with the one that's supposed to be in jail, and I'll make the guess of Ben Roethlisberger just because he had like forty-five receivers that all should have been top ten picks within like five years. So, give me Big Ben in that run of like oh nine to twelve. Owen, what say you? Oh, I you think can guess the ben. other one. The way he said it makes me. Who's think the it's other ben. one? I want to know who the other one is. Well, the other one Roger. is obviously dear asshole Aaron Rodgers. Oh. <laughs> so go ahead and guess both of them. I think it might be Big Ben, just the way Seth reacted. I would think it's Big Ben, just because he definitely had those years with. Uh, I can't think of the running back, Le'Veon Bell, with all those guys, and they were just stacked. And they, they were breaking all types of records on offense, so it's got to be Big Ben. And you got it. It's Big Ben. Ben Roethlisberger is the other one. Well Absolutely. Done. Jeremy Seth, on top was that of it your, today. Was that your, um, your stuff? Because I got one for you guys. That was it. Yep, those were my two. If you got one, yeah, we can do one quick one. I got a quick one. Let me pull it up real fast. Um. Thank you, Tiffany. Um, the the Detroit Lions have had three rookie running backs. Oh. Now go over the thousand yard mark of scrimmage yards. Of scrimmage. Name off the three running backs. One of them is a dead giveaway. One of them will probably be a pretty easy guess. And then one of them is not going to be easy. I would be able to pull it just because I, I know the guy, but. Repeat the question one more time. He's my brother. Um, The Detroit Lions have had three rookie running backs now hit the 1,000-yard scrimmage mark in Mm. the rookie year. Mm. Jameer Gibbs, obviously, is one. So there's the layup. Here's Owen. And then Sanders. There's the other layup. Now I'm going to give you uh, a... Bernie? Kozar? (laughs) Um, yeah, Bernie Kozar. Yeah. 
There's a guy that I know is just off this list. Like, I know for a fact he's just a hair off. That was there for the shitty years of the Cowboys. And his name is? That's Kevin. Fuck. No, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin Jones. Johnson. Kevin Jones. Kevin Jones. That he's was gonna, So he's just, he's not it? That was going to be my guess. It was Kevin Jones. He's not it. He's just off. I'm sure of it. Gotcha. The other guy, I'll give you guys both one guess, and I'll give you a big fat hint. But well, Kevin uh, Jones so was going to be my was, guess. Uh, so Owen, what's your guess? I'm struggling thinking of rookie Hawaiian's running backs. Who was was Kevin Jones the one out of UCF? Who there was Virginia some big time. This Kevin Jones is out of Kevin Jones ran for a thousand yards this rookie year. Uh-oh. So there's four players? So four. So you got you got one of the four. Boom, boom, well done, baby. Sir. Kevin Jones, well I knew it. So there's one more. Who is the UCF one guy? There was a big play guy. I think it was like late 2000s, early 2010, around the Kevin Jones time. Oh, and uh, I, think I think he's wrong about that guy. Because this guy that it is, now obviously my list is subject to be completely alive. But uh, this, this last guy definitely. What was that? This last guy's definitely on. Maybe it's the scrimmage yard thing where it's goofy. Because Kevin Jones had 100 yards receiving. So, But anyways, Owen, what's your guess? I don't really have one that I can – that would make sense. I'll give you a hint because I ultimately gave Seth the big hint. Think pre-Barry. You'll know the name when I say it. I know you will. Because he was really good. I believe it. But who the hell played for the Lions before Barry Sanders? I didn't know the Lions existed before Barry Sanders. Lions were pretty good for a long time before Barry Sanders. Yeah, but I mean player-wise. You know what I'm saying? You just think- This guy was really good for a long time on the Okay. Well, obviously you'll say it and I'll know it, but I just don't know a lot of free Barry Sanders Lions players. He went for back-to-back 1,300-yard and 13-touchdown seasons. He had three seasons of 1,000 yards or more. His total outing is 5,100 yards and 42 touchdowns. Seth, I'm struggling. Do you have any idea who is that really big he was a big big running back he was kind of a flash in the pan in the early 90s it sounds familiar i can't remember his name though Ugh. i don't this know guy, if he played for the lions but that's the name that pops up to me this guy's play style was like not like barry's because barry was just so flashy but it would have been similar to that he wasn't a bruiser but he was more of an elusive guy just not to the barry sanders esque i got nothing owen what i what i really I know got of, nothing was he like a career lion or what i what he did he just career lion really 1980 ap offensive rookie of the year 1980 1980? yep three times he wore number 20 Ultimately, would have been retired by this player if not for Barry Sanders. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds a lot like Barry Sanders. <laughs> I don't I'll know. We're guessing, then I'll give it to you. All right. Uh, his his uh, 
his initials are the same as uh old time like uh older country singer not a big time one but his daughter sings now he's got the same last name as a uh, lion's linebacker from the early 2000s neither of you clearly know what my kids about to blow up billy sims huh. oh now a name you nope. don't think about a lot that is for sure Billy Sims, yeah, he his rookie year, he went for 1,303 yards, 13 touchdowns. The following year, he went for 1,437, 13 touchdowns. Got hurt, if I remember right, in 82, but was still a pro bowler. 83, come back, ran for 1,007 touchdowns, and then could just never get healthy after that. If I remember right, he played a big role in them drafting Barry Sanders, too. Yeah, Billy Ray five years Sims. Total. Very nice. The name does sound familiar, but I definitely would not have gotten that. I've I've definitely heard of him. I was thinking like a Hall of Famer that I was forgetting was a Lion or something. But, yeah, kind of had a similar career to uh, the Kansas Comet. What the hell's his name? Bears um, running back. Shoot, first guy to tear his ACL and come back and run for a thousand yards. Sayers. Who? Yeah, Gail Sayers. Him and Gail Sayers are kind of similar for like time frame and what they did for the franchise and how like quickly they were in and out. Uh, but injuries ultimately got them. Yeah. Man. Wild. Wild. All right. That is the pod. Oh, and you got any trivia for us? Where we go? Uh, to, uh, just name another famous line. I bet you can't. Mm. Calvin Johnson. There you go. Jason That's Hansen. It. There you go. That might be it. The rest of this list is like <laughs> it goes to Indomitian Sue and Matt Stafford, which I'm obviously sure. Uh, Bobby Lane, Dick LeBeau, Chris Spielman, and then Chris Spielman, Dre, Dre Bly. What a name! What a flashback! That Dre is. Bly, early 2000s DB. He was good. Uh, Herman Moore, I guess he's a Hall of Famer. Herman Moore is a stud. That, wow, I we're mean, really getting deep in the weeds here. All right. Yeah, that's that's Lions, Lions history for you. Here you go. Not a lot there. There's not Herman a lot. Moore played, Herman Moore played with uh, Barry during the Michael Irvin and um, Emmett Smith days. Herman Moore's stats compared to Michael Irvin's are – Herman Moore is really, really good. <laughs> that, that's, really, my, really good. that's my exact case for Sterling Sharp, What exactly what you said. <laughs> Dude, Herman Moore certainly sharp might have been better. Oh, too. not than Herman Moore, I don't think. Herman Moore is a freak. Like his numbers are kind of. So wild. was Sterling Sharp. Sharp only did for like two years, though, right? No, he did a lot longer than that. Now we he did it. He did a majority of his career, and then he unfortunately his career got right at the height of his of his powers too. Right at the height of his powers, he tore. No, it was a back thing, wasn't it? I'm trying to remember. I think. Seth Herman Moore had one, two, three, four straight years of a thousand yards mm-hmm. or more, three straight years of a hundred receptions or more, two straight years of eleven touchdowns or more, and, and he didn't even really take off until he was in the league for four years. Plus, he was on the super run heavy uh, Lions offense, and there was two other receivers there with him the whole damn time. And he had a different quarterback every year, other than Scott, Scott Mitchell, Hanson. right? Scott Mitchell. Hanson, right? Scott, Hanson. <laughs> Scott Mitchell had one huge year with him, if I remember right. Scott, yep, Scott Mitchell. Well, Sterling Shepard had the Scott triple crown in, in 1992. That's pretty good. He, he listen, listen to these numbers real quick. 
So you got Scott Mitchell, who was like a flash of the pan, your one-year wonder there. 4,338 yards, 32 touchdowns. Barry Sanders goes for 15 even, 11 touchdowns. Then you've got Brett Pierman, who is the starter, 108 for 1,400. Maybe, maybe we should save this post pod, eh? John Morton, 44, 608 touchdowns. And then Herman Moore, 123 receptions, 1,600 yards, and 14 touchdowns. And everybody hey. always said Barry never had help. Let's give it to Herman Moore. Well done, Herman. Great call. He's stud. All right. Yeah, yeah, we'll give it to him. Yes. I just Thank happened you, to pick the exact perfect year of Lions, too. That was surprising. 95. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. 90s and Lions. Six, Very entertaining. And- Seth, get us out of here. Quick. Do it now. All right. Sounds good. Until later this week when we'll have our final regular season line is ranked. MVP, Barry Sand- uh, Brett Keep going. Keep going. Keep Super Bowl going. champ, Dallas Cowboys. No. No, Adios. Offensive yeah. rookie of the year. Adios. Martin. Adios.